So, this week, chaps, we've got Greg May joining us on the podcast. Greg, I know you and I have known you probably more closely than I have, but for many, many years. Greg's been in finance uh, since a young age. We'll find out exactly how young when I ask him. And he has been a very, very successful mortgage advisor for residential and buy-to-let mortgages. And in the last couple of years, he's gone on his own and started a business doing equity relief, life, uh, equity release, I should say, lifetime mortgages. And they are, in effect, interest-only mortgages. Um, but the main difference is that with the lifetime mortgages, you don't have to make a monthly payment unless you want to. What I quite like about it is he's effectively gone in to disrupt that market that's got a certain stigma. Not in the same way that we've done it with avocado, with loads of social media videos and pink hoodies, but he's gone in with a true care and attention to do ethically the right thing by clients, which I absolutely love. But not a lot of people know exactly what it is. So questions that you chaps are going to ask him alongside mine. Mike, what are you going to hit him with number one? I think the question is, why? Why would you take money out of your house? and what's it going to cost you so why do people do it what what motivates people to do it and do people really really call that number at the end of a channel five advert we will find out tristan questions i'd be interested to know the difference between a traditional uh, mortgage and a lifetime mortgage in terms of term costs and why people should look at it really because it's something that i haven't really come across and as as we know it's becoming more common now so yeah. definitely know the, the true facts behind it yeah how recent weeks have impacted the rates for him as well and you know what the difference is between the two will be interesting so yeah greg may is the business owner of sage equity release and we're going to find out all about it on this episode let's get him in greg thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today looking forward to finding out a little bit more about exactly what sage equity release is but first of all how are you yeah good thank you yeah, yeah very good thank you been an interesting few weeks yeah it's been uh, uh it, yeah yes let's use the word interesting yeah, yeah. yes it yeah. has been yeah i mean we're obviously property you're in finance and um who knows what's around the corner but I think probably topical and a nice way to lead into. Let's just kind of give everyone that's listening exactly a, a brief understanding, layman's terms of, of exactly what products you offer and, and what clients it works for, I guess, really as well. Yeah, yeah. I offer uh, lifetime mortgages and retirement interest only mortgages. So it's 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 double later life lending. Mm -hmm. So people aged over 55, although with uh, retirement interest only, you can be 50, um, but most people 55. Um, ideally, 60 years plus is the ideal age, um, but with more uh, people coming to the end of their mortgage terms and not having repayment vehicles, uh, then people are doing these at a younger age. But lifetime mortgages is, is what I specialize in, and they are, in effect, interest-only mortgages. Um, but the main difference is that with the lifetime mortgages, you don't have to make a monthly payment unless you want to. Mm -hmm. So if you don't make a monthly payment, the interest rolls up and goes onto the loan. Um, with retirement interest-only mortgages, though, you do have to make a, contract, a contractual monthly payment. So they're more akin to your traditional mortgage. RIOs, as they're known as, retirement interest-only mortgages, they sit in between really a traditional mortgage and a lifetime mortgage. Is that something that's been introduced recently? Because just generationally, yeah. we're now, I guess, accumulating more debt as we get older. And, you know, if we went back 40 years, people you know, would have their mortgage, they would have their properties paid off easily, wouldn't they? But now it's a bit different. Yeah. We're a bit more of a debt sort of generation, I would say. Yeah, the re have been 
introduced reasonably recently, probably about the last three or four years that the Rios have been out for. Um, and they they were brought out to try and solve the issue with the interest-only loans that that were coming to the end of the mortgage term. The lender was asking for, for funds or for the repayment of the debt. They didn't have a repayment vehicle and, and they were either having to sell the sell the home or, or, or find some other funds from somewhere um so rios were, were were born to try and plug that gap really um yeah. they are a bit niche though with regards to the um criteria for them so quite a lot of people don't qualify um for for rios that i, I find that when i'm looking at um uh, clients details that a lot of them will will fail the affordability model that rios uh, have to uh, have to go through because um, like I said they are more like traditional mortgages whereas with a lifetime mortgage you don't need an income so it's not it's not done it's not an income based product um, it's more done on on the the property so the property is the risk to, to the lender yeah with regards to lifetime mortgages whereas with the rios it's more the 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 individual because they have to make a monthly payment on rios still so we're seeing that probably quite a lot more in the residential sales market, aren't we, where people are getting to the end of an interest-only term and they've still got money on the mortgage to pay. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's been, because money's been so cheap for the last 14-odd years, people have just remortgaged and remortgaged to pull money out for, whether it be family reason or whether it would be slightly sort of over-living I don't know if that's a phrase, but we all know mm. what it means. Yeah. Um, living uh, living beyond your means, I think is what I mean. But we're seeing people who are, you know, maybe property rich, but incredibly cash poor. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to 55, 60 years old, a traditional mortgage lender isn't going to, isn't going to have a product for you. So where do people go? What are the, what are the choices for those people? Because most of our listeners probably aren't in that position, but maybe their parents or relatives that will be hitting those numbers yeah i mean the the first thing to to obviously consider is downsizing because that that is an option that has to be has to be considered it yeah. has to be on the table you need to consider downsizing is it appropriate do, do you know sell your property uh, repay the debt and then, then then if you've got enough equity you can obviously then use it to purchase uh, another home so that that always has to be considered um as as one of the options on the table is, is to just sell the property and downsize but in my experience a lot of people don't want to do that mm-hmm. um i'm going out to see clients um i'm always always having that discussion uh with regards to whether or not it's appropriate for them to downsize but because they're they've either um you know had the children grow up in the home or or they live in an area that they that they know everybody they've got friends in the area um, they know the house. They know they've done all sorts of it. They know there's not going to be any issues with it. Um, but more that they, they just like the area, like their friends, like by their family, and they and, and they like the home, and they just don't want to downsize. Uh, I do find when I actually cover it off with people. Um, so so if they don't want to downsize, then the other option is then to, to in effect refinance um, the, the debt. They they're asking you know Santander, Halifax, whoever they've done their their, their traditional mortgage with. You know they they're asking for the for the money. And they've got to find a way of, of paying it. So if they don't have funds in the background um, to uh, to pay for that, or borrowing from family or 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 friends, you know, um, which again is always discussed before looking at lifetime mortgage. Before taking out any debt, you need to really uh, cover off all the options apart prior to taking out that debt. So you need to look at: is there any other cheaper way of borrowing, or do I have to do another mortgage? Because if you've got any other options and you don't have to do the mortgage, then 
then then then don't do the mortgage you know it, it will be if there's other cheaper options then 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 do that which is again which is what i cover off when i'm sat with clients i always see clients face to face when we're talking about this type of product so sat there in the lounge with them and discuss what options they've got an example one one year i was out seeing a client and they were going to do a lifetime mortgage but towards the end of the conversation um we started um talking about a bit more about family and, and digging a bit more just before um, we were deciding or i was deciding whether or not it was appropriate i just dug a bit more deeper uh, on the on on the family background and, and it came out that um that actually there was a, a very rich individual in the family that could potentially lend them the money mm. um so i suggested talking to this individual before I did anything on the lifetime mortgage and in the end they actually did borrow the money from that individual so they didn't need to do the lifetime mortgage so everything needs to be explored before doing something like a lifetime mortgage and then once all those doors have been closed then we can look at doing the lifetime mortgage but i'll help them look at look at all the options that's the important thing it's a big commitment i guess because you're putting in reverse everything you've worked towards so for a certain generation paying off we, we we obviously always talk about borrowing more money to make money on this podcast rather than paying down debt but obviously a generation above us paying off the mortgage was probably priority number one for most people and then you're effectively putting that mortgage into reverse but we know 2023 is going to bring its challenges with cost of living potential pension crisis, drop in stocks, drop in dividends from a lot of businesses. So that means pensions are going to pay less or you're going to have to dig further into your pension to maintain an income. So people in this area are very, very property rich, but potentially more cash poor than they were this year or the year before. So is it something that maybe needs discussing more in an open environment about leveraging your six seven eight hundred thousand pounds value property that you can potentially struggling to heat mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i think property needs to be needs to be brought more into the thought process with regards to providing an income and being part of your overall financial planning um uh, picture because again a lot a lot of people tend to discount the property uh, things like you know they all, they're always looking at pensions and savings mm -hmm. and so on and they don't really look at the properties as, as something that can do that but it can be a vehicle to provide an income and it's surprising the number of people that i go out and see that are sat in seven eight hundred nine hundred thousand pound houses and actually you look at the income and actually all they've got is perhaps the state pension and and and, and a small private pension coming in on a monthly basis and yet they're having to pay you know quite a few bills with regards to a reasonably sized property um and again this is where you go through the downsizing options again because it may be sensible to downsize yep. because if the income isn't there to pay the bills like the high council tax bills and you know the high the high fuel bills and or fuel bills which is obviously very topical at yeah. the moment mm -hmm. um then it might actually make complete sense to downsize you know yep. even if perhaps they don't want to it but might just make complete sense so at that, at that stage you need to downsize i've know? got a 99 year old grandmother in a five bedroom detached house yep. she's going nowhere yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Conversations can be reasonably short yeah, in, exactly. those, yeah. in those places. I think it's very topical, though, especially for people listening with parents. As as my own circumstance, thinking about it, my nan unfortunately passed away this year. She was 94 years old. She'd been in the property for, I don't know, 50 years, something like that. And she needed to care for the last kind of two years of her life. 
but very independent lady and had no intentions of leaving the property, had no intentions of downsizing. And, you know, the the thing that she did say to my dad is, I, I don't want to go into a care home. So the care was brought into her home to keep her in her home because we actually felt as a family moving her out of her house would probably have been the end for her. You know, it'd have been mm, too much yeah. for her to handle. So in that circumstance, had there not been the ability to have that care financed, then this would be a great way that she would have been able to stay, you know, for the remaining years of her life in her own home and kept her dignity as she called it. Mm. This would have probably been the only option if, um, if it wasn't able to sort of have the family come together on that. Yeah, instance, no, definitely. I would have yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and instances like that, you can um, uh, release uh, money in stage in stages, in effect, uh, for paying things like care, because you don't, when you're paying care on a, on a monthly basis, you don't need all of the money up front mm. because, because you, you don't suddenly, you're not suddenly hit with a, a large a lump of a bill. No. Uh, it's, it's a month tends to be a monthly or, or weekly payments that you have to make. So, um, to save money on interest payments, you can uh, draw money in stages um, to reduce the amount of interest that you actually pay because you only get charged the interest on the amount of money that you draw. So something like care is ideal perhaps to just release every six or 12 months uh, uh, some money to actually pay for the care bills as you go along. But something like that is, is ideal for um, somebody who wants to stay in their own property but does need help on a day-to-day basis, doesn't have perhaps an income to be able to pay for care but has a, a property which has plenty of equity in it and, and, and can release the money to be able to make their lives a bit easier in the yeah. last few years. You know? yeah, does, that, does that potentially work in a time where interest rates are temporarily, we hope, high? <laughs> um, that I think that's important to, at the moment, um, with the clients that I'm seeing. If they don't, I'm encouraging them to release a lower amount of money at the moment because the rates are high. Um, so unless they really, unless there's a really good reason to to release yeah. to release a large amount of money at the moment, I am encouraging people to release a, a lower amount once yeah. the rates are where they are. So, so yeah, if we say, look, we need one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, but only over the stage of ten years, you can say, well, okay, rates are high now, so take the first ten this year, and then next year take ten, and then next year take yeah. ten, and then if rates drop to two and a half, take the lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, potentially, I'm not quite sure of the lot, but <laughs> but yeah, you got the yeah. That, that's that's uh, that's fair a fair point in in that in that you really you want to be taking it taking as as little amount as you can now whilst the rates are high. Um, hopefully, um, the rates are coming down the other side. In, in and that 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 compares with drawing from a pension. Yep. When if if the value of your pension is dropping, you want to draw as little out of your pension mm-hmm. as possible when yeah. when it's dropping because you get you're getting penalised twice effectively. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely correct. So based upon what Mike said, then so in the stages, so each case is reassessed at the time of them wanting to borrow more money, or is it set in stages where they're guaranteed that income? You, you set the you you set the lifetime mortgage up to start with so so you do all the legal work because because with lifetime mortgages it, it's a remortgage so you have to do all the normal conveyancing work uh the property has a first legal charge on it which is important to understand that that your property does have a charge on it um, so they are mortgages so in theory you know the prop the lender can ask for the property 
to be sold and have the loan repaid. Um, but with with a lifetime mortgage, it's generally only if you breach the terms and conditions of it, which which need to be explained to clients. Whereas with a traditional mortgage, it's more if you don't pay your monthly payment, then then, then your, your home is at risk. With, with these, it's more if you breach the terms and conditions of them. Um, so it's important to understand that it is a mortgage and there is a first legal charge in it. So all, all the legal work is done up front um, and, and a reserve is put onto the, onto the account in effect. Um, so they do an initial lump sum of say 10,000 or 20,000 initially, but then say 100,000 reserve that they can draw on in future. Okay. The, the only issue with that is that the reserve isn't guaranteed though. So that it can be withdrawn. So that's the only thing to be aware of. It's not set in stone. Um, it's unlikely to be withdrawn, but it can be. Okay. And so you just need to understand that. So then when you take further funds, it's a, it's it's either at the prevailing rate at the time with regards to the, 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 the lender's new business rates or it's at a set. Some lenders do it at a set for a set, a set reserve rate. In effect, they have a specific rate for reserve when people draw on the reserves. Other lenders will, will, will go do it at new business rates. So so again, it's important picking the right lender uh, to make sure it's, it's, it's the right one to use. Yeah. So how does it compare with a traditional mortgage in terms of a rate? So at the moment, we're looking 6 7 8% in some cases. Are we seeing a big difference in that? And how long is the term for? Does it remain the same for the duration of them vacating the property? Or does it go up annually? Or how does it work? The, the rate's fixed for life. Uh, or 99% of the rates on offer are fixed for life. There is a variable rate on the market. But 99% of them are fixed for life. So once you have that rate on that particular tranche that you've taken, that, that won't ever change. Um, interest rates on them vary at the moment. The lowest rate on the market is about 6.7, 6.8, um, but they can go over 9% that are being quoted at the moment. So um, the rates at the moment probably starting with a 7, something like that. Still competitive in terms of what's been going. And Still what competitive compared to what's on the traditional market, mortgage market. Um, not dissimilar at the moment, which is unusual because generally speaking, these lifetime mortgages will be about one to one and a half percent higher than, than than your normal traditional mortgage rates. That's that that's a good rule of thumb to use. But at the minute, they're not too they're not too different to that to that market. Certainly, the two year rates I've been seeing anyway. Still a lot cheaper than I was expecting to hear anyway. And those that maybe took it twelve months ago when interest rates were low, uh, I guess laughing now if they've got that for a lifetime. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, start of the year we were talking rates under three percent, uh, which fixed for life. So, so if you did it at the start of this year, it's, uh, it was a good time to do it. Well, in theory, as long as it was appropriate, obviously. <laughs> a lot of people seem to have been purchasing um, holiday homes and even turning them into holiday lets as well. It seems to have been very, very common since lockdown uh, yeah. in the UK specifically. And you can get, you know, down Hailing Island and things like that, not nice locations you can get. Um, holiday homes that pretty much cash buy. I know you can get the finances through different places, but pretty much cash buy is, is, mm. is, is the typical way to go. Is that the sort of thing that you've seen a fair few of your clients sort of utilise this this finance for? They've maybe taken it for holiday purchasing and stuff like that? Not not a great deal, actually. No? Okay. Not a great deal to actually purchase holiday homes. Um, um, I've, we've, we've, I've done it for um, purchasing caravans, motorhomes. That There was a bit of a, a spate of that. Um, going on uh, a little while back, uh, but not actual holiday homes themselves. Um, so no, um, there was a product on a lifetime mortgage where you could do it on a on a on a holiday home. It's not available now. The lenders exited the market temporarily. Um, so, but uh, so it has to be in the main residence now. But but not actually for holiday homes. Um, so it, it tends to be main main residences. I just wondered if you get the right place and you end up being in there for a couple of months of the year that you can Airbnb it and. 
actually sort of making some income potentially on on the finance that you've raised on the with the lifetime mortgage there's one thing that you that the clients need to be aware of is that, it, that with the if if you um took out a lifetime mortgage on your property uh, and then wanted to let it out the lender then i'm 99.9 percent sure the lender would say no you're not allowed to is that um, let out your own property let, it, let out your own property but if yeah. you were buying a caravan if you're buying a caravan for cash and using the equity in your, and, yeah. and then that's you can do what you like with that do at that point because yeah. the loan's on the main residence. Just um, wondering if you could balance out some of the interest payments through doing a couple of months on an Airbnb. Yeah, we have potential. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm with you. So yeah. to, to actually yeah. then cover off the interest on on the main residence. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah potentially you could do that as, as long as you could release enough to, to actually buy it in, buy in, in, in effect because of the loan to values on lifetime mortgages are lower than the traditional mortgage market so you're generally talking sort of sort of 10 to 40 percent really at the moment you, you could get 50 percent plus at one stage but really to get the i was going to say reasonable rates for that so i suppose that's i suppose that's that's a bit of sort a in tongue in tongue in, of, tongue in tongue yeah, in cheek sort yeah. of remark at the moment but um sort of 10 to 40 percent really is the maximum loan to values so you'd have to have a quite a nice size property to be able to release sufficient to buy to buy a holiday home but but yeah in theory yeah and i can tell from the conversation that you tread ethically is, is really important for you because of the mm. type of sensitive yeah. you know sort of conversations you're having with people which is lovely yeah. to hear what's the the greg may kind of background what's the story how did you get into finance and how did you sort of come into this type of products and these type of clients that you work with it's um my, my background is financial services all my career um so i started off in a bank when i was 16 um uh, making a coffee for the for the manager in in those days as, as we still did in, in in those years um and then i just became a, a mortgage i say just it wasn't just because it was a it was a tricky and hard job but yeah. I was, it was i was a broker in a in a state agency and a couple of estate agencies I was, I was arranging traditional mortgages and and most of my career was spent in the traditional mortgage market Ran a mortgage brokerage, uh, managing a number of brokers uh, for quite a long time. Uh, and then I, I was able to exit and start my own company. And I knew that I didn't really want to be talking about traditional mortgage market, the traditional mortgages, only because I'd done them for so long. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the later life market was something that that really interested me in looking after people in the in the older generation to make sure that they get good advice and make sure that they're looked after in the right way and that they're doing it, then it's the right thing to be doing and mm. um, so that gave me the opportunity to start my own company and and, and specialize in lifetime mortgages. So i think it's important to specialize in it rather than trying to do lots of different things just specialize and be good at what you do yeah i think the care and attention that you know you, you talk about in in the people that you deal with and then also being a specialist and it means you can genuinely give the right advice as mm. well which is, yeah. is really important yeah so your background in finance and didn't even didn't even do the kind of the Tesco's bagging of shopping or anything. You're straight into no, the bank at no, sixteen. Well, yeah, I, I did my stint working at the back of restaurant kitchens, washing pots when I was when I was sort of fourteen to fifteen. Fair so I, I did. I've got my hands dirty at you one did point. A little bit. Yeah. Of that, yeah. <laughs> but what's with everything going on at the moment? What's your expectations for banks? And you know, sorry to put you on the spot with that, but it's always interesting to know because you've got such a vast background of experience yeah. in finance. What? What's kind of your 2023 outlook on things? Oh, blimey. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting ride for the next 12 or 18 months, um, interest rates-wise. Uh, I don't think we've hit the peak yet, um, mm -hmm. so I think that it will continue. The rates will continue to, to rise, unfortunately. Are you expecting another base rate climb? Yeah. It seems to be the rumour, yeah, doesn't it, at the yeah, moment? Absolutely. It's just a case of how much rather than yeah, when. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, and, and probably again. Um, is, is my gut feel um, until 
things start to turn a corner. Mm. Um, I think that that's really the only tool that that can be used to try and combat the challenges that everybody's got. Um, so I think I think rates will start to rise, but but we do adapt well. We do adapt well as a, as generally as as, as as a country. I think in general, you know, we we ride through these things and, and and we just get on with it. You know, and I think that's what we have to do at the moment. Just get on with it. Yeah. Um, we can't influence anything uh, with regards to interest rates or, or anything so it's going to be what it is so um i think get on with it and and just um just just plow on and, and, and do the best that we can and continue to give good advice help people um because it is going to be tough uh, for, for for a lot of people and i think <clears throat> for the next 12 or 18 months it's going to be hard but hopefully at that stage as long as everybody's sensible and and the banks will keep lending so i know all these silly headlines that were around a few weeks ago which were silly headlines with regards to rates you know mortgages sort of you know not being available and i think somebody on question time one at one point was saying that their rate went to 10.4 percent or something which it just no it, that that wasn't happening she must have been a pretty bad case well just yeah or <laughs> pretty just, unattractive or, yeah, or, case or, or for just, a bank. Or, just, or just wanted to get on question time yeah, again on tv that, probably yeah, yeah, fair um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, i think you know the the the, the banks have have started to find their level with regards to what um, you know the, the rates that they need to lend at. In my in my lifetime mortgage market, there's a couple of lenders that have exited the market. They have exited because they are trying to work out how to price. So it's it's about working out the pricing of the product rather than not having mm-hmm. the products there to offer. So it, it's not like in you know 2007 2008 where, which we all went through where there yeah. was liquidity issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's, it's not climate. that. Yeah. It's not that at all. It's just a question of how do we price it. Yeah. Okay. No good output. So Greg, the reputation of lifetime mortgages and particularly I guess the phrase equity release with me in the past has sort of sat around slightly strange adverts on channel five of really happy dancey people and then pensioners <laughs> on cruises living a living a good lifestyle and then and then the sort of tagline at the end your home may be repossessed if you don't do this that and the other one of our pillars of our business is to be so good you'd recommend us to your mum which means a lot to us because you wouldn't ever recommend anyone goes to your mum's house to recommend doing something unless you absolutely trusted them mm. where has equity release come from and come to and what would be your recommendations to people to potentially look out for if they were actually looking to go down this path i think it's come from uh, a, a, an area that has had and does still have unfortunately really a really bad reputation um and for in the years gone by probably justified in fairness um however now and now we're we're in a a time where the product is is fully regulated and and it's a lot policed a lot more a lot better by the by everybody involved the extra release council putting some really good uh rules to protect to protect consumers to make sure they're getting the right advice and and the main thing is to make sure that you're going to an independent broker like myself (laughs) <laughs> Got to put but, the plug in. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, to make sure that you're getting good, good independent advice from somebody that can look at look at look, all of all of the providers on on, on the marketplace. Um, but there is still there is still a, a stigma to it, um, particularly with as you say with the word equity release. Um, some people are actually trying to get away from the equity release word and and, and just use lifetime mortgages. Um, I I 
just tend to keep calling it equity release and then flick into lifetime mortgages as well. Um, so I sort of use both terms because I'm I'm quite relaxed about it, to be honest, because when I see people, I know I'm going to look after them and I know I'm not going to give them something that they don't, that's not appropriate for them. So I think it's really important to understand that with this type of product, it's so bespoke to the individual that you're dealing with that it might be perfect for one individual, but completely wrong for another individual. So um, you do tend to see a bit of social media commentary, uh, which use a blanket, don't touch it with a barge pole yeah. I've seen and all this sort of stuff. And and to put that kind of comment on there is, is unhelpful um, because it's such a personal thing. Um, so it might be the correct advice for yeah, a, to say don't touch it with a basketball. And if that is correct, that's I, I, what could, I couldn't them. agree more because as we said earlier in the chat, if, if you're sat in a eight, nine hundred thousand pound house and you can't aff afford to put the heating on because you've got no cash flow, all of your money is in that property. And frankly, you must either downsize or leverage that asset. Yeah. And for someone to cut you off with no conversation mm -hmm. and generally no education on the subject yeah. is worse than, than 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 the reputation that precedes it, I suppose, in, yeah. in, in that sense. And it's interesting that we were speaking off camera and a lot of people are using it not just because they're in financial trouble, but potentially for income tax, sorry, inheritance tax planning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inheritance tax planning is 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 it has been has been quite done quite frequently um, when rates were lower. Uh, it's a challenge now, obviously, that right now rates are higher. There, there's an argument to say that it's difficult to do that at this stage. Um, but um, yeah, it can be used for inheritance tax planning. It can be effective as that. But you must you must get advice from from a qualified wealth advisor before even thinking about doing something like like that it, it needs to have proper advice um, because if you try if you just um, decide yes I'm going to take money out from an inheritance tax point of view and then don't use the money in the appropriate way it just could be completely wrong so you really do need to, that's an area that absolutely needs very very good advice on before using it for IHT different podcast for that one <laughs> different <laughs> podcast for that one and don't be put off by the social media element of things you should see some of the things that people say about me on tiktok it's um it's, it's quite an interesting we're estate agents obviously so when you've got large eyebrows and you're going on video it's yeah, yeah they can be yeah. quite aggressive but i smile at it <laughs> um, <laughs> tristan let's take it off subject a little bit let's uh, you know greg mentioned that he's worked in agencies worked in property worked in finance so so let's fire your three questions at him and let's uh Let's get some in information and education here. No pressure. So if you invest in the perfect buy-to-let deal tomorrow, what does that look like to you? The perfect buy-to-let deal. Yes. But perfect buy-to-let. So Page. nothing to do with what you do now. Yeah. Caps off, but just, you know, it's an investment that you're interested in. What would you go for? Um, freehold. Okay. Um, only because I'm not a great, I've never been a great fan of leasehold. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 a, just a personal, just a personal preference. Um, and I, I think holiday lets, I think are, are a good, a, a good starting point. So I think the, um, you know, if you're going on holiday down in these places and, and, you know, you, you're, you're purchasing or you're, you're hiring a, a cottage in these, in these areas, you know, is it, is it something perhaps that you could, uh, buy yourself and then, and then, and let out? In, in the in the sort of holiday let areas, I think I think they're they're pretty good at the moment. Um, other than that, perhaps uni areas and, and places like that would, would would be pretty good as well. 
Um, it's uh, it's not my area. I would never pretend to say that it's my area of expertise that particular particular one, but that would spring to mind for me. Um, holiday holiday lets is a big one because there can be some very nice returns on that. So, is there a specific destination you'd choose if you did have a holiday home? Uh, no, I mean, it, well, it, to be honest, it depends on the prices now because prices have gone on so much gone up so much down in the southwest and, and, and these areas over the last few years that you know, if you'd have asked me that you know five or six years ago it would have been the southwest but price has gone up there considerably over the last last few months so i think i think it's just picking the right area now which is very difficult because because they have gone up quite a bit the, the holiday areas yeah short wins great equity growth so if you know it's going to grow it's worthwhile looking at it's, it's been a common answer actually when we've mm-hmm. asked that question to a lot of our guests is is the holiday let world because it's been popular, hasn't it? I think lockdown has meant that just COVID in general has meant actually, you know, get, getting on a plane is not as easy as it once was, yeah. but you can just jump in your car two hours later, you're on yeah. holiday and, yeah, you know, the sun's shining. It's a little bit chilly, but, you know, we're in the middle of October and the weather's all right, isn't it? Yeah. You know, at the yeah. moment. So, yeah. Next question, Tristan. Fire. And what's the single best piece of advice you can give our listeners out there that are looking to invest in property for the first time? Take advice. Um, speak to some peers. So perhaps go to on maybe some forums or some property um, webinars to learn about the the subject. Um, take advice from a broker um, to talk talk about the finance. So you so you know the ins and outs of of the finance um, and don't uh, commit more than you can afford. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast talking about a subject like you say, which has got sometimes a certain stigma about it, but actually Mm. having you on today, it's helped me personally truly understand it. I'm sure for you guys as well, and hopefully the listeners. So it's been um, a real pleasure kind of getting to know all about lifetime mortgages, equity release, whatever you want to phrase it as. But I definitely think if, um, if people are listening or watching, they want to get in contact with Greg, be it about them or their parents or any particular subject for, for more advice, then uh, ethically, I would definitely recommend uh, Greg is the best place to go to. So um, feel free to DM us or contact us if you want Greg's details. And obviously, we can uh, set you up with a telephone call and then a face-to-face visit as you like to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank lovely. you so much, Thank Greg. You. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Okay. Knowledge bombs just hit the table after that episode with Greg May. I didn't, I thought I knew a little bit about it before. Turns out now I know a lot more thanks to Greg's education across the table. And it was just knowledge bombs, wasn't it? And it was actually interesting to see things. We always talk about perspective and how it's, you know, it's anyone's reality. And now having a different perspective on this, I probably know there are clients over the years coming that we can give some advice and and pass them to Greg for the right reasons, really. Yeah, like you say, it's very much something that people have to consider think about discuss before they go into but to have an ally like greg who is quite happy to give you the right advice and walk away from doing business has to be something that is a benefit to you and your family absolutely tristan i know you asked a couple of questions on rates and then a little bit on the market he did say that obviously the buy to let investing world is not his background but he spoke about holiday lets and i think he actually gave a really good overview of what he thinks is going to happen next year um but your takeaway what did you think i thought it was interesting to know that the rates are not too dissimilar from a traditional mortgage um only by a couple of percent by 1.5 percent roughly yeah um but also the fact that he's seeing more people take money out that's basically putting it on things like buying a caravan or something where they can enjoy really mm. and just 
take advantage of that money but it's different to, to what you'd use your money for but obviously cost of living bills going up and, and whatnot at the moment which a lot of people would need that money but people are spending in different areas so it's interesting to hear that and the rates yeah very very specific to the individual to the family i guess in in reality as well um you teased and touched on some inheritance tax planning around it as well so maybe that's an episode we can look into if, if that's something you want to listen and find out more about and you know someone then feel free to plug us and we'll get them on the episode but until the next week next friday we've got another cracker coming thanks for everyone that's downloaded and listened and don't forget to subscribe I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital gains yeah. tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.